Sir, do you know why I pulled you over? No, it's because your intro sucks. Please step out onto the curbside. everybody, welcome to another week of the Curbside Podcast, the podcast where we talk about cars and everything to do with cars. My name is Jeffrey, I drive a 2004 Honda S2000, and I am your SoCal Taiwanese American car nut person. Hi Jeff. Hi. How's it going? Good. My name's Parth, everybody, as you remember, because you should have been listening to our last four episodes by now. Uh, yes, and everyone in the world should be listening. Yes, every single person. Yes. Uh, I drive a 2016 M3 Bay Area representing out here. Uh, yeah, man. What's going on, Jeff? Uh, I don't know. Not much. Yeah, actually, not much, not much, much has not happened much. at all in the last week, yeah. to be honest. This has been a bit of a dry week for... But we still make it entertaining. News. Yes, and, and fun and enjoyable. We just got to try a little harder because the content is content's kind of slacking this week, honestly. Yeah, so uh, if, if Parth needs to, you know, if you need to pay for Parth's body this week, uh, that might need to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's all in good, order for you us know. To support this show. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's all part of the, you know, part of the game, right, Jeff? The podcast game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, let's get the show. Let's, let's stop stalling. Let's stop stalling. <laughs> let's get on with the show. What do you got for us, man? Anyways, so a couple of weeks back, um, I actually sold a, long story short, friend left their car at my house, friend moved back to Taiwan, and friend asked me to sell their car for them. And I sold the car, it was a black Infinity G35, uh, to, it was a guy who was seven, 18 years old, he just got his driver's license, and his dad and him were there, yeah. and his dad was obviously trying to, you know haggle the price down because you know who wouldn't and and he was just he just wanted it and he was like hey dad come on stop it man stop and <laughs> just his dad like shut up <laughs> <laughs> great great job by the son huh? <laughs> but you know i was like i could tell he really wanted this car and hey this is his first car yeah man the thing's got i thing's got a 300 what 350 or 330 horsepower engine under the hood Ooh, that's nice so sold it to him for seven thousand dollars and i want to say that i wasn't ripping you off mr dad <laughs> that is a lot of car for seven thousand dollars and i'm sure and I'm, I'm sure he's a uh, he's plenty happy with it yeah. you know i actually texted him a couple of weeks after uh-huh. uh saying like hey how's the car yeah i was like oh good i was like hey do you like cars like, yeah. yeah and i was like hey you should listen to the curbside podcast. Hey. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> Straight up, just plug the show right there. Yeah. We do everything we can to get we, an we audience do. here. Uh, apparently, Jeff's going to sell my body out, too. So Yes, yes. You know. Please listen so yeah. I don't have to do that. If for the you know the physical pleasure, if, if, that, if that doesn't go well, we'll sell the organs. But anyway. All right. Sounds good, man. I, I didn't need two kidneys anyway. Who needs two kidneys? Anyway, that got me thinking. I wanted to talk this week about... You know, our first car is learning to drive Ooh. and everything like that. Ooh. Well, actually, uh, I'll start with my experience, but then that same kind of like story 
happened with us when we were selling one of our cars. My first car was a hand-me-down from my dad, and it's probably one of the best hand-me-downs you could have, like, especially at, what, 16 years old? I got his 2004 Mazda RX-8, six-speed manual. Yeah, you know that car, Jeff. That was on one of my list of cars that I wanted as a kid. Yeah, and, and, and you've, seen, you've seen my RX-8 when I had it in yeah. school, right, for a year or two, whatever, or a year? And oh, yeah. It was nice. It was clean. Like the clean, one of the cleanest RX-8s, usually RX-8s, you look at them now, a lot of them are not kept well. They're not maintained well. They look like yeah. they're friggin' old. But that one, my dad kept it in mint condition and I strive to make sure I kept it in mint condition. That's kind of why I got into detailing was because mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to make sure that car was perfect. I loved that car, dude. What was it? 9,000 RPM Redline? Like, didn't make any power. It was like 230 or something like that on a good day. Hey, from and, a 1.3, though? Yeah, I mean... 1.3? Dude, that, that thing, that, that engine was a sewing machine, man. Oh, my God. Less than 4,000 RPM was useless. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> even on the freeway at like 60, 70 miles an hour in sixth gear, it would still be doing above 4,000. So, like, wasn't efficient, wasn't anything. Styling was kind of like you like it or you don't. There was nobody, like, in the middle. I loved yeah. it. I, I, I liked it. Yeah. Like it <laughs> for, I mean, it definitely wasn't what you would say it was a pretty car. No. But but I don't know. It still worked for me. Yeah. And, like, I was biased because it was my car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that car, like, I served me through high school, served me all through second year of college. I think third year was when we got rid of it. When, it, when, when, we, when my dad decided to sell it because we just had too many cars. Uh, it, it was it, the same kind of story happened. Father and son came down from Burlingame near San Francisco to take a look at this car, and yeah. it was gonna be the son's first car. And oh, the, man. and he he was like the, the son saw the car and he was blown away because apparently he really wanted an RX-8 and he'd been looking yeah. at other RX-8s and they were all like really high mileage. Nobody maintained them well. They had dings and dents and like the car looked like it was freaking 20 years old but he saw our car and he just like fell in love with it and he was like this is the best example i've seen and my dad wanted to like i forgot how much he wanted for it but he wanted that much and the dad was like can i offer you this much my dad's like honestly man just take it for this much and he actually sold it to him for whatever he asked it for because my dad himself was like uh, it reminded he's like it reminded me of us (laughs) like if we were gonna go look at a first car for you and uh the kid loves it. And I think my dad did the same exact thing as you. And he texted the guys a few months later. And the and kid was the loving the podcast. No, no, we didn't have the curbside <laughs> podcast back then. <laughs> but uh, he, they, they were loving the car, man. Like, uh, I, I miss it. I miss it a lot. That was one of those cars that in the future, if I ever have an opportunity to buy one that's like decent, I probably will just for nostalgia. You know? And you know it's going to... An owner who's gonna know how to take care of it. Yeah, and really care for it. That's what my dad was honestly like. All right, dude, just just take it. <laughs> did Did you drive it when I had it or no? No, I never got. Oh, cause you didn't right. know stick there. Yeah. Cause you didn't have your S two thousand. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know how to drive stick. I never got to drive the RX eight. Yeah, damn. I've never gotten to drive an RX. No, why <laughs> have I never been able to drive an RX eight yet? I don't know. Part, buy another RX eight. Yeah, give me a few years, but. <laughs> There's a few other cars on my list first, you know. Ah, <laughs> uh, gotcha, yeah. dude. But I miss that feeling, though. You know that 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 like that anticipation, like the feeling of 
first getting behind the wheel. Yeah. Or first getting behind the wheel of a car that's like, ah, oh, this is this is mine. Dude, right? I was scared shitless. Yeah. Because <laughs> I learned to drive on that car, and the car was a manual. So I learned manual and how to drive at the same time. Wow, threw you in <laughs> at the deep end. Yeah, my dad's like, yeah, you're going to learn drive on stick unless you're not learning at all. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so how was that? How was that first, like initial learning to drive experience so out of all the people i know i learned to drive stick first because everybody else i know who drives stick they learned to drive stick after they learned how to drive a damn car so for me my learning curve for getting very comfortable with the car or even just comfortable enough to drive on the streets no problem was a lot longer compared to other people because i was learning how to control a car and i was learning how to drive a stick so, <laughs> it if took, you think about it, driving stick, all the limbs moving doesn't make any sense. No, it somehow. doesn't. <laughs> yeah, and like if you if you learn if you know how to drive a car, relatively it's easier to learn how to drive a stick because yeah, because you, you don't, don't have, have to, to worry about yeah, you don't have to worry about other car things and stop signs. You don't signs have to worry about rules. knowing how to drive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're out here in a parking lot and like residential roads near a house, learning how to drive and learning how to drive a stick. So the time it took me to learn stick, like I remember like my dad would be like, all right, you're driving stick from here to here. And we'd start with parking lots. We start with residential streets and then slowly became like, if we're going golfing, all right, you're driving home and make sure we, we get home. And I'm like, God damn it, dude. Holy shit. So, but I remember it took me to a lot longer to learn stick than compared to my other friends have learned stick later yeah i mean i'm glad i did learn it now because i can jump into any like manual car and drive it like it's no problem for me like i know some people like they try to get into manual cars now and then like it takes them still a little bit of adjustment for me it's like it's second nature i can feel the biting point of the clutch and all that stuff very quickly and it was it was a it was a fun experience uh yeah first car i just god damn it i'm like i'm all nostalgic i miss that car (laughs) i miss it man yeah, well, I was thinking about it the other day, too. About back when we were at school, halfway through, I was like, wait, he didn't have the M3 all those years. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what did he have? He had the RX-8. Yeah, dude. And I didn't have a car freshman year, so I only had it for a year during a sophomore yeah. year. Yeah. Those doors, Jeff? Oh. The unique I'd... doors? <laughs> I had a car with suicide doors, Jeff. What's good? Who needs a Bentley? <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a Bentley or a Rolls? You know, I've never thought about that. Yeah, one. right? <laughs> well, you know, my first car wasn't that glamorous. Since forever, I've always wanted the the NSX. Yeah, you know? I know that. So, Everyone knows so that. So you know how thrilled I was when I got the Acura MDX. I mean, same <laughs> company. <laughs> same company has the same last letter. Yeah. It's the same car. It's got a V6. It's the y- same. Exactly. I mean, you just have two more doors. I'd say it's a better car. And, you know, me being the ungrateful, like, child I was back then learning to drive, I hated that thing. Yeah. Like, it was, it, it's it's not the best driving car. It's yeah. kind of mushy. It is mushy. It's funny because what... When I didn't learn my throttle control properly yet, mm-hmm. the throttle is very dull yeah. in that car. Uh-huh. And the brakes are super sensitive, Yeah, which goes for a fun combination when you're going over a speed bump uphill. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I would, I would like try to, you know, slowly go up the speed bumps. I'm like, there's not enough gas. And then I press down the gas a lot more than I should have, and Uh-oh. I shoot out. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, shoot, I should slow down. Yeah. And I tap the brake, and I'm like, oh! <laughs> oh, God. And I was like, what kind of stupid teeter-totter thing am I doing <laughs> right now? 
Uh-huh. I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, now that car just brings back so much memories. Yeah, yeah. I, I never, it, I didn't appreciate it because that car has ferried me and my friends up towards Big Bear several times. I was able to shove seven people in that car. And, you know, I could drive over, like, dirt roads and whatnot just fine. It, yeah. it may not have been a super capable off-roader, but it did those just fine. And, yeah. you know, a lot of adventures were made in that. And just recently, I've been trying to keep it going, like, yeah. like trying to fix everything uh-huh. for the cheapest I can until I could finally get a, a, a decent-paying job where I could ideally restore it and whatnot. And yeah, have yeah. It as a car but it's 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 not happening it's the, <laughs> at this it's it's doing at best 12 miles per gallon oh boy and the check engine light came on again oh no and you know it's getting too expensive to run so it's it's, it's trying to stay there huh but it's just can't yeah, do it it's, it's gotta go it's sitting out in the driveway with no batteries collecting spider webs oh so. no <sighs> That's. I feel like this is something that spreads not only amongst car people, but people who don't know cars. Their first car. Yeah, it's the first car is always like. And you, the funny thing is, you may not appreciate it as much as you do until it's gone. Like that RX eight dude. Like every like, I enjoyed it. As don't no doubt about that. But I was always like, I want an M three. I want an M three. And now I have an M three, and I'm like, shit, dude, that was a nice car too. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like you don't appreciate the first car until it's like not there anymore did you ever have a driving instructor bro my driving like learning to drive like the actual driving instructor thing you know that you had to do like yeah. you had to go through a driving school and all that shit it was a freaking yeah. joke i was learning to drive since i was freaking 15 years old my dad was like all right get in the car you're learning how to drive I'm like bro is this legal he's like nope but you're learning how to drive i'm like i <laughs> so by the time it came time for me to accomplish the necessary standard, whatever it is, uh, the guy who was teaching me how to drive was like, I have nothing really to teach you, so just to satisfy the requirements, when I pick you up, we're going to go pick up the next student, and t- you're going to go back home. That's it. So <laughs> it was a freaking joke, dude. Like, And this oh, dude man. would like sometimes be like, hey, can you, can you stop over here? i got to pick up my laundry. I'm like, am I your fucking driver, bro? <laughs> like... <laughs> But, dude, I, there was a few times there. Was, sometimes what he had me do was, like, he'd dr- take me, have me go to the next student's house, right? And then uh-huh. the next student would drive back to my house. And some of these people, man, holy shit. The worst part is they're probably on the street today, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, there was, I, there, was, there was a few times where I was like, I'm going to die today. This is the day I die. And it's going to be at the hands of somebody who's a complete idiot. My God, dude. That, that was the scariest shit when he had the other students drive, bro. I'm sitting there pooping my pants because these guys are just like, holy shit, dude. This one girl, like, we were on a kind of like uphill stop sign and we stopped. And she was so afraid of rolling backwards and we had to make a right turn that she was flooring it and making a right turn at the same time. And it was this old, like, Honda Accord. And that thing was (laughs) sideways and we spun out. And I'm surprised, like, we didn't go up the curb and into the sidewalk. Thank God I had <laughs> learned to, a bit more before actually going to this driving school. Man, I was the opposite. I didn't, I didn't, I've always wanted to drive because, you know, I was watching videos of cars for the longest time. Yeah. And, you know, I was never allowed to until driving instructor came, this uh-huh. Chinese guy. Oh, okay. 
That's very fitting Man. for us, isn't it? I go to an Indian guy, you go to a Chinese guy, huh? <laughs> Chinese guy comes. And, you know, the thing about Chinese and Taiwanese culture is it's being insulting is not very... It's not frowned upon. It's just kind of the banter that yeah. you, yeah. <laughs> like you kind of live with. Yeah, yeah. Like every so often, your parents will just call you fat for yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. I got in the car. I put my hands on the wheel and I, you know, try to make a turn around the cul-de-sac. Oh. And I, when I was making the turn, I was kind of like doing the weird wheel shuffle thing. Okay. Instead of crossing my arms yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, what are you doing? That's not how you do it. What? Are you trying to drive like a woman? I was like, what the heck, man? <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't dang. say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, well, this is going to be fun. Yeah. But, it, you know, it, it never felt like actual driving lessons. Because uh-huh. it, it literally sit there. Lane change. Okay, pull up at the curb. Okay, turn here. Okay, stop. Okay, good. Okay, good. But then <laughs> everything he did... Uh-huh. Like, it got me to pass the driving test with flying colors. Oh, you passed the flying colors? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm well, a firm believer of people who pass that driving test with flying colors are actually worse drivers than people who get more wrong. Uh, hey, l- l- listen listen to me. Listen to me on this one. <laughs> so, I, I barely passed that shit with, like, 14 yeah. mistakes. I think you're allowed 15. So, yeah. I did 14. One of my fucking mistakes, you know what it was? I pulled up too close to the white line at a traffic light. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck you mean? Like, oh, you have to be six feet or more behind the white line. I'm like, who in this day and age fucking is six feet behind the white line, bro? Like, that's not... Uh, how is that safe? What if I was at an intersection that was blind? I'm not going to see shit cars coming from my left or right if I'm six feet or more behind the damn white line. And not only that, six feet, that's the size of a small Mini Cooper. Like, hello? That's one car you could fit right there. This is why America has traffic problems. Because the DMV. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna argue with that. I do think that people who pass the first time might be, might be worse drivers. They worry about the stupidest things as requirements for that test. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I for, I forgot how I figured this out, but I, I, I must have overheard someone. Uh-huh. But they got failed because they had poor scanning. Uh-huh. So when I got in that car to take my you driver's test, the man, shit I was out of everything. I was turning my head like an owl, dude. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Well, the same day that I was taking my driver's test, right? There was this uh, yeah. this guy, and he had just recently moved from Germany to oh. California. <laughs> and yeah. this guy, he got his German driver's license. He's been driving in Germany. He's been driving on the autobahns. And you know, in Germany, to get your driver's test is actually difficult because they actually make you perform things that you'll do in a car in real life. Yeah, that's why they have autobahns. Exactly. Have no so problems. Not many Germans hold German driver's license. Like, very few, not very few, but compared to here, where they give it to every Tom, Dick, and Harry with two legs and arms, they, they, they give it to everyone here. In Germany, no, not everyone gets a driver's license. It's a source of, like, like prestige and, you know, like, admiration if you hold a German driver's license. So this dude comes in, he's like, you know, I moved to California, and I've been here for a while now, and I'm going to stay here. I want to get a California driver's license. So in order to do that, he has to take a driver's test. Dude's been driving in Germany his whole life, right? Yeah. He gets in the car after me, and I gave him some pointers on shit that they want to see, you know, like scanning or stopping six feet before the white line. Dude comes back. He failed. The friggin' DMV woman (laughs) failed this guy who's been driving in Germany for his whole life. Probably drives a car better than 99% of all Americans. Failed him. Can you? Of course. I, I hate the DMV. 
<laughs> I don't like the idea that everyone should get a car. I don't agree with that. Mm. But the problem is, in America, everybody has to have a car because public transport is jack shit. There's oh yeah. If you if you don't have a car, you might as well be at home. Exactly. For the rest of your life. And then on top of that, what is a big lobby? What is a big group? It's the automotive group. And whose pockets are they want to be in? The politicians. So how do they? So what do they do? They make getting a license easy so that anybody and everybody can get a driver's license in this country. And that's how you end up with stupid, dumb shit drivers passing the DMV's driver's test with zero mistakes. Where somebody who's been driving in Germany for his whole life fails. <laughs> D- does that make any fucking sense to you, Jeff? <laughs> now you got me started. I don't even think it was you. I think it was me, but still. <laughs> All right, before we get too carried away, um, let's just end that topic. Also, eighty-five percent right of drivers are shit. They don't know how to drive for shit, especially the Bay Area. You guys drive like fucking shit. But the people who are listening to this podcast probably drive well because the car people. I'm, I'm done, Jeff. Let's go to our sponsored break right now. I'm not angry. All right, guys. Uh, here's our sponsored break. I want to make something clear because someone asked me last week. This is actually a real sponsor. Like, it's an actual company. Yeah, we're actually <laughs> getting paid. We're not, we're not, we're not shitters out here, man. We're, we're getting paid for this stuff. So what is our sponsor? Yeah, part? so our sponsor, which is very real, <laughs> is uh, Sapien. So Sapien is a blockchain network, uh, sorry, blockchain-based social media network that rewards users for high-quality content with cryptocurrency. And as previously stated, you can sign up today and you can check them out at sapien.network to start earning today for your social media posts and needs. Cryptocurrency, Jeff, it's the new thing. We're on top of this. We have a sponsor. What's good? Cool. We are also sponsored by ourselves. So if you want to check yeah. us out at the the curbsidepodcast.com, check out the website, listen to this podcast here, there. I mean, well, if you're on the website, it's here. And but they're here right now. There. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So here is there, yeah. but there is not even here. So get it straight. Whoa. Mind blown. If you want to sponsor our show too, you could email us at thecurbsidepodcast at gmail.com. Sapien is very real, by the way. Actually, check them out. They're pretty cool. Like, I know at this point we're making it sound sarcastic. We're not being sarcastic. We're there. for real, for reals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, before we, before we uh, you know, dig that hole even deeper, let's, uh, let's go back to talking about cars. <laughs> And we are back. So, uh, Parth, uh, before we get into everything, I feel like we're going to be coming back to this. If it keeps happening, it's going to have to be like a special segment in this uh, in this podcast here. Uh, but Parth, yes. let me read you this headline here. Okay, read it. It's from automobilemag.com, and the headline reads, This 683 horsepower Hellcat-powered Mazda Miata oh my is a car you need now. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people listen to our podcast and all of a sudden shove shit into a Hellcat engine into some freaking car. And then nobody still listens to our podcast. God damn it. <laughs> yep, that was that was what we talked about in the very first episode. Yeah, you and... said about shoving it into a Miata, right? Yeah, I, di- I don't know if it made the cut, but I did. Okay. <laughs> what do you have in terms of news, part? All right. Uh, Taycan News, Hennessy, 
Yeah, you know, the tuner, the one that likes to make really fast things go even faster. So uh -huh. the headline reads, Tuner Hennessy plans power surge for Porsche Taycan EV. So take it. So, yeah, yeah. So Hennessy is basically going to tune the shit out of a Taycan and make it go fast, faster. So what, what the company said is that it's been planning on doing this kind of project for a while. Like they want to do like an EV and uh, they're, they're choosing Taycan, Porsche. Um, uh -huh. and so they're going to start with wheel tire upgrades, interior upgrades, more aggressive front and rear bumpers. And of course they're going to increase the power, but mm. it's not going to be like your typical Hennessy stuff where they slap a turbo on there. Cause that's not going to do anything on an electric car. So they're going to come up with some new tech and stuff to make it more powerful, which is cool. Jeff, can you, can you I haven't, have you thought about any other, like, like, uh, third-party company tuning an electric car, you know? I could have sworn Hennessy already did one, or was that Celine? Could have been Celine. I think Celine did do a Tesla. Yeah. And what they did was they, they tuned it so that the motor would actually make, like, this insane whirring sound Whoa. while it, <laughs> it sped up. Yeah. You know, that's going to be an interesting world in the future. Yeah, the third-party tuning of electric cars. Well, what what makes me curious is like you know in a internal combustion engine, say especially mm -hmm. one with a turbo, you just yeah. increase the psi, get more boost, and voila, you're making more horsepower, right? But uh -huh. and then you know all it does is take more fuel or whatever. But in an electric car, how does it? Because like batteries have a set amount of energy that they can give, correct? Yeah. So if you increase the amount of power, you're increasing the consumption of the charge of the battery. Right. Yeah. So, how does it work? Like, will you be reducing the range if you're increasing the performance? Because you're not going to be I mean, upgrading the batteries, are you? Like, I mean, that's what Tesla does, right? They they sell their yeah, cars but that's based what Tesla it. does. But I'm talking like third party guys, like Hennessy. Like, are they going to go that's into true, the bowels right? of the car and like upgrade the batteries or add more batteries? Or will you just get yeah, a dude. really high-performance car with less range? Oh, man. Yeah, that's true, huh? Yeah, because like, <laughs> internal combustion engine doesn't mean anything. You just add more gas. Like, it's not a deal. Yeah. Big deal. So that, that's what I'm that's also curious about. Thought. Maybe they need to put in, like, a fast charger in it or something. Yeah. Wireless charger. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, while we're on the topic of um, electric cars, do you know about this company called Rivian? Well, I didn't. And... Uh, I remember that you showed me one of their cars a while ago, long time ago. Yes. Rivian is back in the news okay. because Amazon has ordered 100,000 electric vans from them. 100,000? Yeah. So 100,000 vans in 10 years. And anyway, that's not the interesting part about this. I just want to talk about Rivian because Rivian is one of my most favorite. Yes, I said most favorite. It's my most favorite electric car company right now. And for those of you who don't know what Rivian is, it is a, you know, a new startup company where they're making electric vehicles, but they're not going in the same direction as most other electric vehicles are. They're going into the adventure market. So their first two cars are the R1T, which is a fully electric pickup truck, and then the R1S, which is a fully electric SUV. They look amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, guys, if you look it up, and it's called Rivian, R-I-V-I-A-N, and you just got to see this thing. It looks, it doesn't look like 
when a lot of electric companies like to make cars, they like to make them look stupid, but this just looks like a straight up nice pickup truck. And funny thing is, Parth, yeah. I'm going to point something out to yeah. you. I, I, I want to see if you see it. If you look at the face, okay, yeah. it's got this big light bar across it yeah. and these kind of like these straight up and down headlights. Yeah, it's middle, like ovalish. Right? When you look at the light bar as the eyes of the face of the car, mm. it looks pretty mean. It looks pretty cool, right? Yeah. Look at those vertical up and down lights as the eyes. It has a massive smile on its face. <laughs> God damn it, Jeff. Now I can't unsee that. It just looks like Wally. He has a massive smile on dude. What? I hate this guy, dude. Like he just ruined like I can't unsee it now. Damn it, dude. But aside from that, I think it's really cool because what they did with the pickup truck in particular is that they took things that electric cars benefit from and made them be benefits for a, you know, a pickup truck. Yeah. So under the bed where you usually would have a ladder frame chassis is a full vehicle length pass through that you could store your surfboards in, your skis in or whatnot for if you want, you know, like to keep them out of the weather. Or what they debuted at the Overland Expo was this huge drawer that they just pull out of it. And it, you could look this up. It's yeah. like got pots and pans, drawers and like your stove. And then they put the tent on the bag and like, oh man, some specs on it. It's the zero to 60 in three seconds. A pickup truck. Yeah. It's got four motors. Suck it. Played Tesla. <laughs> it could tow up to 11,000 pounds. It's got 750 horsepower. And because it's all electric, because there's no vents for water to get in, it could wade up to three feet of water. Hey, how much is this car? This car is going to cost $69,000. Okay, because I'm on their website right now, and it, I can reserve, I can pre-order one for $1,000. Yeah. <laughs> you going to do it, part? I don't got $1,000, but like, honestly, <laughs> if I did, maybe worth it. They are not like, oh, trying to do all weird, fancy, fancy stuff with their electric vehicle, make them look like not... Like their SUV looks like an SUV. Yeah, it looks like, like a, a normal car. Whale. Yeah. And what they're doing is they're just playing to the strengths of what an electric car could do and taking advantage of that and just making, well, an awesome car. Dude, do you see that the SUV has like up to... Where'd it go? Uh, up to 400 plus miles of range. Yeah. And zero yeah, to 60 in three seconds. And to uh, you can give 750 horsepower on this thing. Yeah, this is, this is a fan, like, this is a legit, very good and impressive car. Yeah. And for the pickup truck, I forgot to mention this. It solves one of your biggest problems with pickup trucks. When you put something in the back, you're always afraid it's going to get stolen. Right? Mm -hmm. But this is an electric car. You have a frunk. Oh. Per usual. <laughs> yeah. And then you have an underbed trunk that could fit a full-size spare tire. No way. And so why do people buy Teslas again? Because this isn't out yet. <laughs> so they start at sixty nine thousand, both of them. Uh, I think the I think the pickup truck starts at sixty nine. Okay, the SUV starts sure at seventy two thousand five hundred. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, my question is like, so you can option this out? Like, what? I, I don't see any like configure. I guess it's not out yet, is it? The configure. Yeah, it's not. It, yeah, they're still in. They're still in kind of the development stages. It's gonna come out in twenty twenty though. Bro, you. I just saw something that I'm like, what the fuck. Tesla just got shitted off. Wading depth of over three feet. You can forge a river in your electric car. 
Did you see that? <laughs> you literally were not listening to anything I was saying. No, because I was looking at their website. Because <laughs> I'm just like, this is an I amazing literally car. Said, I literally said all this stuff. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. Yo, dude. <laughs> Freaking this guy. Dude, I was just Dude. I was too busy looking at the damn car. It looks so nice. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I, I, I pay attention, Jeff, when it matters. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm glad none of that mattered to you then. Hey, it does now. I saw the waiting depth of over three feet, dude. You you didn't present me with this nice like infographic like they did on the website. Okay, fine, fine. Guys, don't listen to our podcast. Just go to the websites of these cars. <laughs> uh. Anyway, another thing I like about Rivian is that up front, they have two what looked like very finished production-ready cars. Yes. Which can't be said about a lot of the other electric Tesla car competitor companies. Like, take, for instance, Faraday Future. Oh, freaking Faraday? I know that company. They showed up to the auto show with a car that didn't have an interior, that claimed to do all this stuff, and one of their demonstrations failed. Oh, man, that uh, that entire company is a whole entire train wreck right now. Yeah. I'm surprised they're even still around, actually. And all these car companies, all they're doing is, like, saying their car could be like, oh, it self-drives and whatnot and whatnot and whatnot. It's got a million screens. How about be like Rivian? Just make a car first. I, I like how they're not trying to do that. Like you said, they're trying to go after regular car market with their yeah. car. They're, they're not saying, hey, look at me. It's an all-electric the pickup truck it's the best thing about it is it's, it's electric it's yeah electric. they're not posting stats like versing tesla or anything yeah they're like no this is just a better pickup truck i want a rivian a better SUV. i do i really do want a rivian yeah man we want a lot of cars on this show don't yeah we? yeah shit <laughs> that's not good so anyway uh that's rivian um i want to go back to tesla okay and I want to go back to talking about this war we have been talking for the past three weeks. God damn it. They just keep fueling us, man. <laughs> Seriously. But, um, so first of all, Tesla tweeted out this, okay? They tweeted out that they installed a supercharger at uh, the Nürburgring because they were like, oh, it makes us feel at home and whatnot. Oh, fantastico. But then, did you see, Parth, oh. the, other, the other thing that happened? Yeah, it was quite hilarious, to be honest. Someone has gotten a picture of a Taycan, Taycan, dang it, whatever it's called, passing up a Tesla while it's being loaded onto a tow truck because it had broken down. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And you know the funny part of that video was, Jeff? So somebody had a video and they recorded this whole thing. And Uh the funny part was... It got passed by four cars. All four uh-huh. of them were t- Porsches. <laughs> One of them was a Taycan. That's that's the best part about it. And you know the funny part everyone's like laughing about is how much restraint those Porsche test drivers showed when they were uh-huh. going passing that broken down Tesla. <laughs> they could have no- just straight up put L's on their heads. Yeah, yeah. They, nobody honked, <laughs> nobody waved, nobody did anything. They showed the most Porsche German restraint ever. Elon Musk, dude. <laughs> What's he? What's he doing, man? Why? Why is there a broken uh, plate on the Nurburgring? They, people told them it's not going to be that easy because you know, like that's what they were talking about two podcasts ago. This is Porsche's car. It's taken them a while to make, and it wasn't as simple as okay, let's make it go faster around a track. Yeah. 
It was, let's make it go fast around the track constantly and make it reliable. Yeah. It, it's not just about shoving three motors in it and calling yep. it a day. Like, you got 20 seconds a lap faster, but your car's done. So uh, <laughs> whoever buys this new Tesla played next year... <laughs> <laughs> Loser. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's more reliable by then. Hopefully yeah, they've learned okay. their lesson. Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Barth, I believe you have one last piece of news that you wanted to tell us about. Oh, yeah. To trigger Grant. Yeah, hey, Grant, <laughs> just trying to trigger you, and it does connect to our uh, segment from the first podcast, I believe. Or the second yeah, one. Yeah, it was the very first very it, first podcast. The Kia Telluride. <laughs> it, it looks fantastic. I still think it looks fantastic. Yeah, dude. I, I'm gonna I get a text. I'm gonna get a text from Grant after this episode airs. Like, bro, honestly, like, I'm done with your shit. I'm not listening to this podcast anymore. <laughs> he hates the Telluride for some reason. So here's the here's the headline for that uh, thing. So the Kia Telluride rakes in profit as customers are buying them loaded. So, Kia's mid-sized SUV is selling for an average of $40,000 and up, showing the brand Jeez. is not just for bargain hunters anymore. So, <laughs> they're I making mean, a lot of money off this uh, freaking Kia Telluride. It's a nice-looking car, and I don't know if you've seen the interior. That looks nice. Why do I like Kias now? They've gotten the Telluride out. It's the, the price, st- Jeff. St- no, probably. Like, look you get at this, a lot like, for your money. So, it was reported... That the Telluride's average transaction price since going on sale eight months ago is over $40,000, which means Uh most buyers are going with the top spec uh, trim or spending money on options in their mid-range Telluride. Because the bases only start at $32,785 for their LX model, and the EX and SX start at $38,000, and the top of the line starts at $42,000. And average prices for these cars... Uh, for sale is above 40 so <laughs> like people are like yeah dude for like what you get that's a it's it's, it's a good deal you get a car that kind of looks like a range rover for half yeah. the price <laughs> what's happening electric cars are a thing and we like kias <laughs> yeah grant's gonna get pissed sorry grant <laughs> for those of you who don't know grant's one of our friends that listens to our podcast shout out to him and he Thanks texted me very angrily after our first episode that we liked the telluride so this is bound to infuriate him. Infuriate? Infuriate? There we go. English. What's going to be more infuriating for him is that it's the end of our show. It's the part of the, it's the finale of this episode, Grant. <laughs> and and that's, a, that's a good test to see if this guy listens, actually. Because if I don't get a text about this, I know he doesn't listen until the end. <laughs> But anyways, guys, thanks for listening. Um, I did notice halfway through that my audio was kind of peaking. I hope it's usable. but It was a pretty fun show, man. I hope it's usable. If you're listening to it, it's, it's probably usable. Um, but anyway, thanks for listening again. You could find us at, again, the curbsidepodcast.com. Uh, you could listen there. There's also a link there to our Libsyn. Uh, the curbsidepodcast.libsyn.com has the links to... All our other places like Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, even uh, TuneIn and Stitcher. We have a Twitter profile. It's Curbside Pod and a Facebook page, thecurbsidepodcast.com. No, that's not it. <laughs> 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 
at a at a Facebook page, facebook.com slash the curbside podcast. We have an Instagram uh, too now. Oh yeah, we do have an Instagram. Yeah. We have an Instagram now that at the curbside podcast. Uh, we posted two pictures uh, of our cars. Yeah. So go and a little and snippet from last week's episode. Yeah. If you haven't watched if you haven't heard last week's episode yet. Yeah, so go uh, and give us a follow and look for more content there. Um, what am I missing? Thank you. Ah, and thank you to uh, Kid Dope for letting us use his song as the intro and outro of our show. It's called Fast Cars and Wild Hearts. Uh, like always, I am Jeff. And I'm Parth. And drive safe, and life is too short to drive boring cars. See ya. See ya.